Please pray with me. Lord, take my lips and speak through them. Take our minds and think with them. Take our hearts and set them on fire with love for you. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Please be seated. So a question for you as I begin this morning. Uh, It's just something to think about as I preach uh, today. The question is, who do you say you are? Just think about that for a couple of minutes. My wife likes to give me a hard time when I tell people that I'm a Southerner. Catherine, uh, an actual Southerner who was born and raised on the coast of North Carolina, uh, doesn't like for me to say that I'm from the South. And it's true. I spent nearly all of my pre-college life in Indiana, but as I'm always quick to point out to her, I was born, I started my life in the great state of Virginia, and so I'm a Southerner and I've got the birth certificate to prove it. We were in a car recently headed to dinner with some friends and they, they were asking the two of us where, where we are from, where we grew up. And before I could even get any words out of my mouth, almost as if I had paid this person, uh, our friend who was driving the car said, Andy, you are obviously from the South because of your accent. I don't have an accent, but I love that he said that. And my wife, she didn't appreciate that. Uh, she let him know in her deepest Southern twang that I grew up in Indiana. Who we say we are is important. I'm from here. I went to that school. I go to to that church. I vote in this way. I'm a Boy Scout, a Girl Scout. I'm a Marine, a doctor, a priest, a lawyer. I'm a mother, a father, a brother, a sister. Those those things help us to explain ourselves and they they shape our identity. Think of how St. Paul describes himself in the letter to the Philippians. This is what he says. If anyone else has reason to boast about their identity, he says, I have more. I was circumcised on the eighth day, a member of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew born of Hebrews. And he goes on. As to the law, he says, I am a Pharisee. As to zeal, I was a persecutor of the church. As to righteousness under the law, I am blameless, he says. It's a whole lot to fit on a business card, but he was confident, he knew who he was, and he was not afraid to talk about it. And almost as important as how we identify ourselves can be what others say about us, what what friends, colleagues, companions, fellow citizens, advertisers, those in power say about us. Those things can shape who we are, and those things can shape uh, what, what what others think of us. Sociologists and psychologists call this this process social influence. One way that they say that we are socially influenced is by the, the process of internalization. That is, taking what others have said about us and over time willingly accepting those things as our own truth, our own viewpoint. When our parents and our teachers, when our mentors tell us when we're young that we matter, that we're important, that we can do great things, hopefully many of us internalize those things, and then they begin to shape how we think about ourselves. Conversely, those same social scientists say that that we can also be influenced in negative ways by, by manipulation or coercion. 
Think about the harm that a a bully or an abuser can do when they tell a person over and over again that they are worthless or that they are bad or that they do not matter. That's, That's manipulation and coercion. In short, who someone else says you are can become who you say you are in both good ways and in harmful ways. Think back to the sixth chapter of Mark's Gospel account. Jesus goes back to his hometown. He begins to teach in the synagogue. Many who heard him were astonished, the text says. And when he finishes, his fellow townspeople, they begin to speak up. This isn't the man we know, they say. Where did he get all of this wisdom? We, we know who he is. He's just a carpenter. He's, he's the son of Mary. We know his people. We know his mother. We know his brothers. We know his sisters. They're trying to, to shape the narrative, to remind everyone that this Jesus can't be who he seems to be. So who do you say you are? It's an important question and one that, that we should ponder, I think. The passage from Mark's Gospel account appointed for today is, is all about identity. The disciples come across someone who, as they report to Jesus, was casting out demons in your name. We tried to stop him, they say, because he was not following us. Notice the the shift in pronouns there. He's doing works of honor in your name, but he's not following us. For those disciples, being a follower of Jesus, that wasn't what was most important. What mattered to them is what kind of follower of Jesus that other person was. It's like that story I heard a few years years ago about the man who who was discovered all by himself on an island in the Pacific. Apparently, he had figured out how to, how to live there quite successfully for a number of years, all, all by himself, no one else there. When the rescuers found him, they also discovered that there were three different, three different dwellings, three different buildings on the island. And so the, they asked the man, were, were those buildings here when you, when you got here all those years ago? And the man said, no, I, I built them. Well, what are they used for, the rescuers asked. Well, the man said, this... This first one over there, that's, that's my house, that's my home, that's where I've lived all these years. And the second building they asked, what's, what's that used for? The man replied, that's, that's my church, that's where I go to worship on Sunday mornings. And the last building, what's, what's its purpose, they asked. And the man said, oh, well that's, that's where I used to go to church before they got too liberal. None of you all would ever say something like that. (laughs) No matter where we are, no matter where we are, it seems that we can always find a reason to say that that place, that those people, whomever they are, they aren't like us. They don't do things the proper way, and so we say, let's stop them. And Jesus responds by saying to them, by saying to us, don't stop them. Whoever is not against us is for us. Now, some some biblical scholars think that Mark in this passage for today is is trying to get his hearers to work through some sort of internal, maybe theological conflict which had arisen in the early church. Those of diverse views, the scholars say, can can hear in Jesus' admonition, whoever is not against us is for us, and an invitation to reframe, to rethink how they identify themselves and, more importantly, how they identify others with a different view. And I think that makes good sense. So often in the church, we think that the, the goal of faith is 
is winning, as that seems to be the goal of most of the rest of life. And so we make it the goal, the mission of our faith, the mission of our religion. We worship in the proper way. We have all the right answers. Our faith, I think, then becomes not about conversation, but about competition. When our goal is winning, our faith becomes not about community, but about disunity. When, when our goal is just to win, our faith becomes not about conversion of life, but rather about conflict and strife and discord. I'll give you an example. I received an email just a couple of weeks ago from another Episcopal church, uh, and it surprised me, this email. Uh, the priest was writing a letter to his congregation about some issue. I'm not sure what, what it was. I can't remember. And toward the end of the letter, the priest said something like, our beliefs are very different than the heretics in other church traditions. The heretics in the other church traditions. I was kind of floored by that. Now, the priest certainly could have been riding with his, his tongue stuck firmly in his cheek, but, but I don't think that was what was going on. No, instead, I think he was falling into that trap that we all fall into at times of, of saying something like what the disciples are saying in today's gospel account. They aren't following us. They aren't doing it in our way. But Jesus' response is still the same. Whoever is not against us is for us. Sam Candler, who's the dean of the cathedral in Atlanta, he writes that he thinks that the greatest hindrance of life, he says, is the tyranny of absolutism. He says, we're tempted to think of political parties as either absolutely right or absolutely wrong. We're tempted to think of political leaders as either absolutely right or absolutely wrong. He says, we're tempted to think of, of countries as either absolutely right or absolutely wrong. We're tempted to think of our religion as either absolutely right or absolutely wrong. And he says we're even tempted to think of our neighbors, our friends, as either absolutely right or absolutely wrong. Such all-or-nothing absolutism, Candler says, is dangerous. And it's dangerous because it divides the world according to the narrow human terms of life and not according to the terms of God's wide kingdom. So what's, what's all of this about? Is, is Jesus trying to tell us today that we can't be proud of our church, our community, our identity? I don't think that's it. I hope that you're proud to call yourselves an Episcopalian if you are an Episcopalian. An Episcopalian. I hope that you're, you're proud to call yourself a, a member of St. John's Church if you're a member of this church. I hope that you're proud to call yourself a follower of Jesus if you are a Christian. All of those things, I hope, give you life, give you purpose, help to shape your identity. But let's not fall into the trap of, of putting stumbling blocks in the way of others' faith. Instead, let us authentically and boldly proclaim who we are, what, what we believe, all the while working to find common ground with those who have a different set of beliefs. I think that's what Jesus is trying to say to us, that the enemy is not, not always out over there, but sometimes, if we're not careful, the enemy can be right here inside of us, your hand your foot, your very eye, he says to us today, those things can cause us to stumble. Don't focus so much on, on what's over there, Jesus seems to be saying, but, but focus on what's going on in here. 
Focus on who you say you are. Focus on how you live your life. Focus on your calling as a, as a follower of Jesus. And in so doing, you can be an example. You can be salt and light in the world. I'm guessing many of you are like me, and you are quite tired of the animus and the finger-pointing, the hostility that seems to be so so pervasive in our common life these days. It's in our church, it's in our politics, it's in our relationships with other people, and it's, it's exhausting, I think. Dietrich Bonhoeffer once wrote in his little book, Life Together, that the person who loves their dream of community will destroy a community, but the person who loves those around them will create community. What he meant, I think, was that that community, that life together is not one. It's not something that we win, but it's, it's created through mutual love, mutual respect, mutual care for each other. Yes, there will be differences in community. Yes, there will be disagreements in community. But unless and until we allow space for respect and care, then we will never find common ground. The story in today's gospel is is all about identity. It's about who, who you say you are, and it's also about who others, who you say others are. It's about the disciples trying to, to draw a tight circle around Jesus and themselves, shutting out the one who doesn't follow them, who doesn't share their, their common identity. And it's also about Jesus telling them, telling us that whoever is, is not against us is for us. The invitation today is to, to put to put the stumbling blocks away, to, to widen the circle rather than close it up tight just around ourselves. Draw the circle, draw the circle wide. That's how one Christian hymn puts it. No one stands alone, we'll all stand side by side. Draw the circle, draw the circle wide. Amen.